Hello, welcome to the Creative Writing Life Podcast. I'm Justin Sloan. And I'm Paul Zeidman, and happy to introduce our special guest. Uh, she is a screenwriter, a producer, and a director, and can't wait to hear all about all of those things. Uh, good. Hi, and welcome to the show, Isabel Dreon. Yes. Hi. Hi, Justin. Hi, Paul. Hello. All right. So every week we kind of start off with just a quick, what have we been watching or reading or, or listening to? And uh, so we can start with maybe Paul today. Do you have anything good for us? Yeah, I do. I got a pair of things. Uh, so right after our last recording, uh, I, my wife and I watched Prey, which is on Hulu. Loved it. Oh my gosh, that was great. I mean, I liked the first Predator movie. I think I've seen a couple of the sequels or at least one of them. But this one, wow, this was just really impressive. And since uh, we watched it on Hulu, which is, I think, the only place it's streaming right now in the U.S., um, we watched it. You can watch it in the Comanche dub. So mm -hmm. in the native language of the people it's portraying. And I think that really kind of adds to it a little bit. Uh, but it was interesting watching it. I just think they really did a good job with the story and the acting was great. And uh, a really a good shot in the arm for the franchise. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do with this. I've heard a lot of people say like, oh, the next one should be in like feudal Japan. And so <laughs> like a samurai's uh, a master is killed in a, uh, by a predator. Now he has to avenge his honor by going after him. And it just kind of reminds you there's so many opportunities for original takes on, on stories or concepts we've seen before. So really enjoyed that. Uh, the other one uh, was kind of, eh, was uh, Thor Love and Thunder. That was on Disney+. Plus. I enjoyed it, but it was kind of slow in parts. And I don't know, I think it was um, they were trying too hard to recreate Thor Ragnarok, the kind of the zaniness of it all. But yeah, for the most part, I enjoyed it. But it's one of those I don't need to see it again. I think Taika got his license from the other one. And he's like, oh, you guys like me? I'm going to go full Taika. Yeah, but, uh, for yeah. me, it's my taste. So that was like I enjoyed it a lot. I thought it was perfect. But uh, I watched Moonfall because it was on HBO and I was like, oh, I've actually heard bad things about this. So I'll watch it to see if I agree. Uh, I think I liked it more than I thought I would based off of those reviews. And so I'll say, sure, it's OK. It's kind of weird and <laughs> I can see why people wouldn't like it, but I, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I wish I had some reading to share this week, but I don't. I've been, I've been slacking on my reading. I keep trying to listen to audiobooks at night and I just keep falling asleep every time I do. So, <laughs> uh, Isabel, anything, anything on your yeah. side that you've been enjoying? Yes, I saw um, one thing that I really loved recently was Blackbird on Apple TV Plus. Uh, it's a true story. It's with um, Teron Egerton. And the, I don't know the name of the other actor, I forget, but oh my God, the acting, the writing and the acting is at another level in this one. I'm sure they're going to be like all over the Emmys next season, next year. Um, that was beautiful and very short. I thought like it was great. Um, it was a little rushed. The ending was a little rushed. The last episode is not as satisfying as the rest of the series, but man, it's definitely worth a watch. And second thing I watched this weekend, um, I watched, I guess I'm not a Marvel fan and I haven't watched most of anything that they've done. I've watched maybe three or four out of the hundreds that they, I don't know how many, but feels like a hundred. Uh, and I watched She-Hulk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was, you know, the first episode, I'm like, oh my God, this is so stupid. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's stupid in a good way. Like it's light and so funny and over the top. And I, and I binged and then I realized like it's, 
I have to wait now. <laughs> but I'm hooked. I'm hooked. I love her. I, I think she did a great job. And um, yeah, so maybe I'll, she'll make a Marvel fan out of me. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Uh, I, I've been enjoying that as well. So uh, part of the reason we wanted to have you on today is that you have been an extremely, not only prolific writer, but also you've uh, seen a lot of success, especially was it this past year, past year and a half uh, with, years, se yeah. with several of your scripts. Now, uh, kind of start at the beginning that... Um, how many scripts have you written? I, I'm going to say lockdown was very helpful for you in some ways. Uh, so start with that. So, well, so I'm a director first. And basically, I was uh, looking for scripts. And so I decided to, I couldn't find the scripts that I connected to. So and I was a single mom, which is hard to be on set. So I started writing uh 2015 and but I had a script that I wrote in the 90s when I was an actress so I took that out and um, did a rewrite and then placed Nicole very very quickly in my like the first three months and so that got me a manager which we're no longer together but still it got me a manager got me meetings and I was writing specifically thriller and horror very dark stuff and um, it was the beginning of like oh women director you know in the genre uh, world so I thought okay I'm going to do that because I love uh, I love elevated horror and psychological thriller uh, but my process was very slow <laughs> especially with the kids and being a sole provider you know it was a you know a hit and miss during those few years before uh, just before the pandemic one of the well I sold the show at Warner Brothers in the meantime uh, and I always forget about that one <laughs> just that but you know I had some success and I was pitching a, a pilot with a producer uh, that didn't sell but we had a good relationship so end of 2019 she calls me up and say hey I'm developing a deal to do Christmas movies would you be interested in writing one and I obviously like this is a total departure and I was like okay those are very formulaic and I, I don't know how to do but let me try so I wrote it on spec I pitched a few ideas and that you know and these were in the idea that it was going to be financed if it was going to uh, move ahead so they pitched the idea to the financiers they picked an idea I wrote it and uh well pandemic hit um so it, went, it was delayed a little bit, but then in 2021, uh, I get a call. Okay, it's it, the, the, the script has been greenlit and we have another one, uh, an adaptation. Do you want to write it? So I wrote it and then it was shot that same year. Uh, oh. So they had a three picture deal. So I wrote two out of three. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, at the beginning of this year, they went like, okay, they're renewing the deal. So they're going to do three more and we want you to write all three. So I wrote, it was three, uh, three novels that add up like uh, to adapt. And um, so I, it was like back to back one in December, uh, like December, one in February and one in June. And they were all produced this summer. So I have three movies coming out uh on the platform in November, I think October, November. I'm not sure exactly the timeline yet. I haven't heard, but uh, which which yeah. platform is it? It's uh, called Up TV. Up it's TV. one okay. of those new ones. I think it goes. It's actually on TV and then on the platform, but okay. I'm not sure because I don't have cable. <laughs> wow. So, okay. So okay. So 
of out of six movies, you wrote five, and yeah. three and three have already been produced, and they're going to be no, released. Five later. have been so oh, out of five. six. No, so out of six. Well, in the meantime, I have I wrote a couple of stories about my life to coming of age during the pandemic. I was quite prolific. I wrote mm -hmm. like four script in one year. And then five, I think, so the five and four. So like this year, I've already written four. Um, so yeah, so out of, so now I added two coming of age based on my life. And then I wrote all these Christmas uh, script and, uh, and I wrote another Christmas family adventure now that I'm getting ready to try to sell um, as a spec, bigger budget. Um, so yes, yeah, so out of, but now I think I'm up to like maybe 13 scripts and five sold and produced. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, I, so, I am, so I'm curious. So, I mean, it's one thing to be a prolific writer, but also to have that many done within a certain time frame. that, I mean, what is your process for putting it all together? Do you outline first? Do you just kind of like, okay, you read the source material and say, okay, and you, I, you immediately know, do you have to work on it a little bit? So it's interesting because I, I had a process before and it took me like a year to do a first draft. <laughs> like it would take me forever. But when I got this lead to do this Christmas, it, it changed my process. And I was going to use this process just for that, but I realized like this process works for everything. And so I break down 70 cards. Um, to, once I have 70 cards, I know I have a movie. And once I have 70 cards, then I break down, like I put like, it's a one line almost. It's like a bullet kind of, it's not very detailed, uh, but they're like, Bullet. Like I know what this scene is and whatever I can think of about the scene I write if I have a line of dialogue. And then so then I do final draft and then I type like all these cards in and that usually should give me about 10 pages. You know, with the slog, the description and a mm -hmm. little bit of dialogue here and there. So now I start with 10 pages, which is not a blank you know, it's, it's like to start with the blank page and then you keep going. But now I have a whole script. Before I used to write like linear. Now I write not linear at all, actually. I just go through and I'm like, oh, I know what this scene is. And then so I just write it. And then I go up and down. Oh, I didn't know what this scene is. And then I write it and then I add. And so by then, now I can write like 10, sometimes 15 pages in a day. It with this like because I, I go with because I know what the movie is before I, I even start writing once I have this this arc mm -hmm. um, and so now I write faster I write better <laughs> it's usually there's no you know if there's problems I solve it before I actually move on to the final draft like in the story that like the all the mechanics of the stories are sorted out Hmm. on the cards before starting to write. So I am so I'm curious about uh, one last question that I'll throw it over to Justin. So once you complete the script and you think it's ready to go and you send it to the producers, do you get a lot of notes back or do they, or is a, or a lot of them more like, Hey, this is great. Or just made a little tweaking here and there. I mean, what, what has been the responses from the people you're working with? So for the Christmas script, um, is very, very little notes, uh, but it depends. Like the last one, the last one was a little harder because there was a treasure hunt inside. And so what I did, I, I built the arc 
but I ended up with a very short script. It was like 65 pages, but I wrote it over four days. And so I, I, I wrote it, I had 65 pages. So what I, but I had the art, like I knew what the story was, where it needed. So what I did, I sent it to the producer and I said, okay, this is what I have. Also, these are low budget. So they're like half a million. Hmm. So you really have to write and know what you can and cannot do. I know how many characters I can have. I know how many locations I can have. Usually, like, I, I have a good gauge for this, like, naturally. I mean, I'm a producer, so I understand budgets. So I write a base, and then I go, okay, tell me, can I add? Be, I'm, I think we should add a sister. I think we should add this, locate like, a couple locations, and then... Then the producer reads it and say, yeah, okay, add the sister, maybe do this and gives me some suggestion because the producer is the director for these. So, so it's great because like, I'm basically like mold, like creating some, like what she wants as long. And, and usually when I read the book, I call her, I pitch her my vision because it's usually kind of like much big. My stories are bigger than what I'm getting, you know, in terms like I take, I mean, it's a movie you know it's different so I pitch my my vision and then we agree on the vision and I write it I sent it if there's things that she wants to change she gives me and usually it's quite like they're not like it's never because I've pitched the idea before we -hmm. both know where we're going so there's no surprises or like oh no the act we doesn't you know it doesn't work I mean sometimes it's pretty straightforward yeah minimal notes when you started off with your first manager, were you looking at a totally different trajectory? Like, were you thinking that your brand might be something else or <laughs> <laughs> how did that progress go? Yeah, well, I'm still, yeah. Um, yes, it was supposed to be filmmaker, horror, <laughs> thriller. Uh, but, you know, I need to pay the bills. And, you know, that's the thing that often I think is not talked about a lot, how sometimes you can be like, I'm really good at branding. I've been an entrepreneur for, you know, since for 20 years, I've had businesses and marketing and strategies like my, I love it. And so branding was when I started writing, I already had my brand. I knew already what I wanted. I got a manager that was aligned and everything was great until, well, I started making a living as a writer, which is, you know, great. But at the same time, it definitely, um, you know, muddled my, my, uh, you know, I went from, you know, horror to King, the, you know, the queen of Christmas yeah. <laughs> in like two years. And in the midst of the pandemic, I decided to write more personal stories. So now I have a thriller. I have two coming of age. I've got the Christmas and I like, <laughs> so it, it definitely, um, my brand is not as straightforward as it used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I, I, I even like split my, my website in two. So I, okay. I present myself as a screenwriter for hire, mm-hmm. which is a different thing. You know, this, I will write whatever you want me to write and I'll just do the job. And then my work as a filmmaker, as a director, you know, I, yeah. I, I haven't done directing for hire. The, the projects that I am attaching myself to are really my artistic sense, my signature. You know, I'm, I'm, I haven't done my first feature yet, but this is a very, like, it's a path that I protect 
uh, more in terms of my creativity. And so that way, even on IMDb, if you go on my director prof profile, it's going to be, and I'm hoping to keep that going, a more clear line of what my brand is than my screenwriter for hire and making a living. Yeah, yeah, brand. that makes sense. Um, so when does your website, I'm curious about the website side of it. I had recently done something like that for the NFT space and writing. And then I did find some big things came out of having the website. But I'm curious on the screenwriting side, do you find that people have found you and hired you through the website or is it just kind of just a bonus? It's mostly um, when people approach me, if they want to see okay. my work instead of yeah. having to like, oh, you know, like when I do interviews, people can pick the photo, they can pick, they can take the bio and they can see all my, like I have things protected, but it's, it's one page to just show, like if you want to research me, you could go there and just basically know who I am, what I've done, my demo, my reels, nice. my, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So looking it's at more, like the it's more like a business card. So, so. Right. So I was just asking about the branding side of it. I recently uh, decided to split ways from my manager because I want to focus more on TV and less on the, the main script that she was excited about. And so I'm curious about that aspect of it. It's like when you're out there looking, what are your thoughts on how to go about, you know, finding the manager? Because so much of it seems to be based on people, you know, and like the right fit coming along, but then you're out there in the world again, you're like, Oh, darn it. I got to do this again. Like reach out to people or maybe meet them someplace and go try to specifically target. Like I know some good ones are going to the Austin film festival this year that I like. I'm like, well, they might be the good ones to get in touch with, but it's such a crapshoot. Do you have thoughts on that and advice? Yeah. Well, I mean, right now I'm, I'm without representation and it comes up, you know, as sometimes, but to be honest, the first one found me. Found me. Oh, okay. And um, <clears throat> I like that. I, I yeah. really like the fact that he found me because, like, I like we were a match. And you know, by doing nickels, obviously by placing nickels, I was on the list, so I, I got a lot of requests. And then we match. You know, I found, and I was very happy with him. But for various reasons, we we parted ways. But. I know it's, it might be like, uh, I find that I think that my next manager will find me. Okay, cool. I'm doing the work. I'm, I'm out there. You know, I make it clear I don't have representation. And I, you know, and I, and I, I have many in my Facebook friends, many managers and agents. Yeah. And, and as I'm getting more success, I get more referrals, um, you know, and, and talk to people. But, you know, this is a marriage, you know, and I know like it, it really is. And, and it's not, I, I'm not like looking for a manager at all costs. Like, like the way I'm single, I, I make choices in my life. Like, so um, to me, it's very similar in a way because it is a very long relationship. They represent you. So I really like the idea that if they see my work, if they see me in the world, that they will go, oh, I, I like, you know, I like this energy. And I'm not really in the, like the query type, but, you know, maybe I'll change because now I have three movies coming out and I, you know, but so far it's, it's going well. And I have, honestly, I don't know, like I haven't had problems of getting my stuff read and talking mm -hmm. to producers. I have a lot of relationships and producers uh, come to me as well to ask for what I have. 
Nice. Often is because I don't have anything that like, you know, like now I, I need to write a few more so I can send to the people because they're asking me and I'm like, I'm sold out. <laughs> like Christmas <laughs> movies, I could have three, four, I could, you know, but I'm, right now I'm, I'm you know, I, I have on the screenwriter for hire, I'm kind of sold out, but, you know, and, but I'm talking to producers to get my movies made. And you are looking at the directing route more for features as well. So yes. do you have any steps that you're taking there or like lessons learned or things that don't work that you want to share for advice? <laughs> well, right now I'm really trying to get the scripts ready, you know, and what is ready. But, you know, um, one of them, I have a script called Love Letter to Laos, which is like my baby. And it's nice. probably not my first. It's probably not going to be my first feature. So right now I'm... I'm trying to align what could be uh, the, my first feature, my, you know, and to prepare to be ready for Love Letter because it is a bigger budget and I do want to have a, a, an A-list actress play, to play me. So to get there, so now it's more about Milestone, what, what do I need before to get, you know, and, and so I just, I, strangely, but I optioned the script from another writer. <laughs> Uh, strategically to be my first feature because it is a dark comedy, romance, and thriller. So it kind of like connects all of the, all my other projects. So that way, and also, I mean, dark comedy as a first feature tends to put directors on a map. <laughs> like a lot of directors that direct dark comedies, if they do it well, stand out. Um, so for different reasons, and I found one that I really love. So right now I'm working on that, developing that with uh, a, a Canadian writer. Also, I'm Canadian. So two female Canadian writers, I thought was a good combo. Nice. And um, but it's like now is really just like fine tuning the scripts, uh, aligning everything. And uh, I have a couple of Oscar level producer looking at Love Letter right now. Um, So I'm waiting uh, to see where where it's going to be, like what I'm going to do next. But basically, it's like chess kind of playing, but it's a long, uh, long haul kind of. Next question for, or last question for me, I guess, before I send it back to Paul, um, do you have other steps that you think people need to be doing like that? Like, do you recommend doing the shorts and the film festival circuit or is that kind of just a separate thing? Well, I, I did I did a short and I did uh, a couple of web series that were quite popular at this time. Like, it's difficult for me to, to uh, you know, I mean, if you're single and you're young, you can do like, like yeah. really young out of school and you have a big... Um, like, you know, a lot of people around you, like I'm a single mom. So for me, it's a little hard to do like, you know, like, you know, fawn my own project and go out there the way I used to do. So now I'm trying. And I also like, I, I think I'm ready to do a feature film now, you know, so I'm focusing on that. But of course, fest, you know, shorts uh, festival and you know, as much as I don't like the competition uh, world uh, of the screenwriting, you know, I, I don't participate a lot and a little bit more this year because I was advised to, but I, I hate it. Uh, I believe, you know, for me, Nicole was always the one. 
And this year was my last year because I'm no longer eligible and I almost made it. I was in the next 100 and I got amazing feedback, but it was like, damn it, I would have loved to finish this, you know, this part of my career with the real like placing again, but oh well. Um, but yes, I mean, but I do find that it's a trap. The competition world is a trap because you feel like you're doing a good thing. You know, the tap in the shoulder, I'm doing great. But the reality is, is in the real world, um, they're not looking for the same things that the readers are looking for. And, and, um, and this is, a, 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 you know, you need to be reminded of, of that constantly, but people forget. So they're in that circle of like, oh, I have deadlines, I'm doing the competition, I'm placing, but then it doesn't force them to, to go out and actually like meet producers. Like the Austin Film Festival might be great, but it's you're with other writers. Like, where do you meet producers? Where do you meet directors? If you're if you're a writer that doesn't direct, where do you meet decision makers? For me, that's all. Like, I'm always on like the radar. Oh, okay, this there are decision makers there, and it's not one decision maker and a thousand writers. You know, like sometimes, <laughs> like if you go to panels, you get two seconds to talk to them. So. That, that's a little bit my strategy. Okay. Awesome, uh, I actually I did have a question because you said that when you started, you were doing a lot of horror and thriller, and then somehow you made that transition to Christmas movies, and now you're, you're talking about like the coming of age stories. So a couple of questions based on that. So how was the transition for you, especially from something, uh, you know, horror thriller to something much more lighthearted? And then also not taking another hard turn to something very personal and coming of age. How was it for you to adjust to each of those writing styles? I mean, I, well, you already started out hard, but like, how was it to go like, okay, I'm going to, I have to write these Christmas movies and they're very family friendly and they're, you know, a little sappy, but you know, how, how do you, how was the transition for you to, to do that? Well, to, to be honest, I think psychological thriller is the hardest genre to write. It's um, so <laughs> they would break my head in. <laughs> I'm trying not to swear, but damn. <laughs> like it take, that's why it takes a long time because they're puzzles and you have to, like they're very cerebral and they're like a lot of mechanics. If you want to do them well, you know, like the crisscross and all the, like everything has an effect on, you know, the character does this and it falls, you know, it's very plot. I mean, you do have to develop the characters, but there's a lot of, uh, the web is very strong. Um, writing formulaic uh, romance and Christmas came very naturally to me. So it was like going from trying to like write something that took me everything and was so hard than to write something in a couple of weeks and, and have fun and it's light and, you know, it's like I'm enjoying this a little too much, <laughs> but you know that's that was the first thing. I was like, wow, this this is easy. <laughs> you know, I always found that writing was so hard, and then suddenly it became really easy. And uh, so maybe I do have a knack for the lighter, uh, and and now I'm writing comedy, and I'm like, wow, okay, because you know in the rom coms you do have some comedy. So I started writing funny scenes, and I was like, oh, this is funny. So I didn't even know I had that, uh, you know, ability to to write funny stuff. So for me, 
it just became easy. And then the writing process became easier. And, uh, but the skill of writing very like intricate web helps like in my, even in my Christmas rom-com, I often have like what we call chasse croisé in French, like the crisp, you know, like, there's not really a great translation for this, but the chasse croisé where you have these kind of like, you discover secrets. And I incorporate that in a lot of my Christmas. And I think it makes them, I think it makes them better uh, because you're not, you're not used to having twists in, in Christmas romance, but right. I, I always have a little twist here and there, you know, like something that uh, gets discovered. And so, yeah, I think, I think starting from the psychological thriller really has made me a better writer in all the other genre. Um, and I always used to say like, oh, don't write everything. But, you know, now it kind of turns out that that's what I'm doing. But it, it was just, a, and I think the, the pandemic really turned. I don't know if I, I mean, I do have a horror film that I want to write now. It's a high concept and it's so good, but I haven't uh, touched on that in a, in a while. But I think the pandemic, I, I just couldn't write anything dark. Right, right. So, so follow up to that one. So of all the genres that you've written in, do you have one that, I guess one, one part is, do you prefer one over another? Or is there one that you just kind of, not that you like it the most, but you derive the most pleasure out of it? Like, hey, this is this is the most fun. Well, the Christmas stuff is the most, like the easiest and most like fun, like, mm -hmm. because it's just, you know, and I don't have, I don't have, I don't feel pressure. Because, you know, I've said this before, like, when I started writing, and this is a mistake I think a lot of young writers do, it's like, you know, we've seen like so many great movies and we want to, like, I think everybody wants to be great, right? You want to be, mm -hmm. you want to be, you know, the next Tarantino, you want to be, you know, you want to be the, the Aaron Sorkin, you want to, I mean, you want to be you, but you want to be recognized and you want to be, you want to be talented you want people to tell you oh my god you're so good right i mean i think you know <laughs> i mean I, you know and so i put a lot of pressure on myself when i started to write like i wanted to be great you know i just you know i'm a perfectionist and i wanted to be great well i when i was hired to do christmas not that I didn't want it to be great, but I knew what was expected of me was good. Like I didn't need to be a genius, you know, a genius. You know, I just needed to be telling a story, touching a lot of heart, funny in parts. So that pressure of trying to be like the great, you know, a great writer, I took it off. And then suddenly by not trying, I wrote like, you know, easily and, and the right and the producer, when they saw my first one, it's called Secret Santa. Uh, I mean, it's a very, you know, simple story, but she was like, oh, this is one of the best Christmas. Like she said the best, but, you know, I don't know. She probably says this to everyone, but she said like, oh, it's the best Christmas story I've, I've the script I've read in that genre. But also I had the crisscross, which is a little unusual in those, but um. But because I took off that hat of like trying to be great, I could be free and I could just be me and I could just write freely. And that I can't, now I'm, I'm carrying this 
And that's why now I went from a writer that had almost nothing to show for after four years of writing. And in two years, going from four scripts to 13 scripts and, and, and also like better. And so I just write more freely and I trust more that I, it will come, you know, like the, 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 whoever I am. And I'm sure that when Tarantino writes or Sirkin or all these great writers, I'm sure they're not trying to be great. I'm sure that it's just the way they are, you know? And, and when you try to replicate that or look at that, just try to be you and just let your spirit come through. And uh, so I think I'm doing my best work, you know, um, because of that. So I don't know if that answers your question. It does, it does, <laughs> but no, it yes. does. All right, uh, we're coming close to the end of our time. Is there any last kind of words of wisdom you want to leave for aspiring screenwriters or the like? Well, I think the, the best thing is, is not to trust uh, readers <laughs> from, from competitions <laughs> yeah, yeah. so much because first of all, you don't know who that person is. I think it's always better to, to have people that you know that they know how to tell a story, people you trust, you know where the, the mind is coming from. It's okay to, to do a few uh, reading that you don't know, but you know, like, I think we're putting so much of our worth, like, am I good? Am I good? And then like maybe this 20 year old who's coming out of like, you know, who doesn't know anything much about writing or about screenwriting is telling you, oh, this is not working. And then suddenly you, you, your whole value has dropped, but you don't know who that person is. Maybe if you met that person in, in real life, you would be like, what the hell, I'm never gonna listen to that person, right? But because it's anonymous, you do. So never give up your worth from other like people that you don't know are telling you and be careful with notes because sometimes they do sidetrack you. I, you know, I, I, that the love letter to Laos, I, I listened to a lot of people and people I trusted and they felt right at that moment. And I let it guide my story. And then after a while I was like, okay, I got to, you know, and then I had to kind of backtrack and, and really, so it's hard, like sort through the notes is a, it's a, it's a skill that needs to be acquired, but not to give your power away uh, through notes. That would be the wisdom. I would. Awesome. <laughs> That's good stuff. Uh, anything else, Paul? No, I think that was it. This is great. Uh, so, okay. So it was up TV is where your uh, forthcoming films are going to be released. Yes. And you said there's three coming out uh, October yeah. and November. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you, can you give the titles of those? Just so we yeah. Can... Well, I, if they don't change uh, <laughs> the holiday switch, um, cute little story about a mix up of luggages at the airport, uh, <laughs> uh, Christmas on the rocks, um, takes place in a snow resort. And the third one is uh, Vintage Christmas. Uh, it takes place in a little town in the uh, thrift store kind of story. Uh, you know, the girl who goes back from the city, goes back to her hometown and meets her lost long love. <laughs> Something familiar about that one. <laughs> yes, yes, it's That's very great. cute. Okay, and uh, where can people find you online in case they want to check out some more information? 
Yeah, well, Isabel Drian, Twitter, uh, Facebook, and uh, Instagram. Okay, excellent. Isabel, this has been a great discussion. Uh, thank you so much for being here today. Yeah, thanks. thank you so much for having me. Oh, sure. Great. Our pleasure. Our pleasure. Yeah. And we have some uh, big directing news you want to come share with us. We'll have you back on the show. And yes, hopefully yeah. very soon. <laughs> yeah. And listeners, thank you so much for checking it out. Uh, go check out Isabel's films and please leave reviews for the podcast and share and all that stuff. Once again, thank you. I'm Justin Sloan. You can find my books on Amazon. And I'm Paul Zeidman. You can check out my screenwriting blog, MaximumZ.blog. I'm also on Twitter at Maximum underscore Z. I also have a couple of books on Amazon. My third book, my Go Ahead and Ask series, that's coming out early October. Yay. Uh, so please go to Amazon, buy them all. They make great gifts for yourself and for all your writer friends. As he said, he's Justin. She's Isabel. I'm Paul. This has been the Creative Writing Life Podcast. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy, and most importantly, go write something.